Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Speaking of walking through the process, you certainly do that with founders, right? Totally have seen that up close and personal and also otherwise that you are very good at meeting people where they are without lowering your or their standards or expectations, which I think is very special. You also uh, are a father, right? And so talk to us about the positive ways that this tech journey has influenced and impacted your family life. We had the benefit of being able to meet your daughter, Asia, and have a lot of conversations that you are thorough in your parenting as well. And you've got to be proud of, of kind of where she is and direction she's going in. But talk to us about the positive ways this walk in technology, your journey from the block and the classes and the 120 computers to now where you are helping people across the globe. How has that positively impacted you as a father? As a father, I think it's major to see so that my daughter can see the experiences that I go through and plus technology changes so much. So I'm able to talk to her about it. Um, I'm able to talk to her about business and add it on to what she has to do. And I thank you too for those kind words, man. I really do sincerely appreciative of that. For me, it's always a journey with your children. And as you see them grow, they're seeing you grow too. And I think that's major for my child to see somebody that's growing. And she's actually, so from technology side of things, because of what I'm doing now, like she's, we're talking about college and we're striving to narrow down where she wants to go because she's 10 year, uh, 15 in the 10th grade. And then she's like, you know, where are we going? So I'm like, okay, let's, because it's a we thing. Like where you go to college is where we go. So it's like, okay, what are you doing? You know, where do you want to go? Helping her with things like that. And then as I'm in this space now, I'm like, well, hold up. I'm actually dealing with founders, CEOs, attorneys. I'm dealing with all these successful people who are college educated. Let me go to my network and resources so they can help out my child because this is a family network when you're doing business with people. So why not? These are future uncles and future aunts for real, for real. These are people who are going to have positions for you as you get older because their companies will be growing and I can just make a phone call and, hey, you think you can put my daughter on the something? She's going to need an internship. And as I look back, people did that for me. Even brothers like yourself, when you're extending out, well, you don't want to go, she want to go to Harvard? I'll talk to her. And, and I appreciated so many detailed questions that you just asked her direct. And I wasn't intervening on so that you can see and make a personal relationship with her so that you can help her as she needs to start filling out applications and things to where she wants to go. Um, I'm sure scholarships and things like that will come out the way. But how it's helped for me is major. I mean, all the different things I've heard about to help even support my family. I'm uh, able to get payments quarterly or monthly or bi-weekly because I'm really doing deals out here. So helping people save money and getting paid in the process of that is a beautiful thing. Helping people extend out to their network also. So being useful is a major thing for me. So me being useful for other people is major. So that's why I always want to be on top of my game and making sure I can help with tech. If tech is the way I can help, cool. And those things come back so much for my family. Because my family, my other family, everybody's straight. My mom, dad, sisters, everybody's straight. Uh, my daughter needs help in things. I have to make sure that I have the best opportunity for her. My dad, when I was in high school, my dad worked in a building. They said, hey, I want you to come meet somebody. I'm like, all right. So I go down there and meet him. My dad keeps things short, but it'll be major. So he goes, uh, guys upstairs, just go talk to him. I'm like, all right, cool. I go upstairs. He's in a nonprofit that runs a bunch of programs for 
high school students. He's like, well, where do you go to high school? Tell them I went to high school at Roxborough. He's like, okay, we got summer jobs. You're going to make $10 an hour, and we're going to pay you every week from this job, and you're going to get $12 an hour at the same time from this program, and we're going to pay you every other week. So I'm like, so I can pay you every week, and then another check, and then the next week I get two checks? He's like, yeah, and from this one thing, that's 10 hours and $40 an hour, and this one is $12 and 40 hours every week? He's like, yeah, this is a six-month program. Tell me where to sign up. And that man wound up being my mentor. And I mean, he's heavily involved in education. I'm talking about superintendent of school level. So just those networks and connections that I see my parents gave for me, I look for having those with my child and, and even even much better because she's great in our homes, right? So That's super duper special. It also sounds like it has improved your communication skills as you're able to to talk about a variety of things at different elements. And I think that, that shines through. Speaking of communication, that's super key for building a team, especially at the beginning with co-founders. You mentioned sort of the offers and the titles, but at the end of the day, you're about the work, about business, about productivity. So let's say you have a choice. There's one or two even people who you're going to build a team with. You have a great idea. There's a problem that no one else is looking at quite the way that you are. And you are looking for a co-founder, maybe they have elements that you don't have, maybe they do, but you're building your own team now for your own idea. What do you want that co-founder to look like? What would they need to bring with them along the journey for it to make sense for you so that you're not just doing it by yourself? There's somebody else who's in the picture. Describe what that person would need to have and perhaps even who wouldn't be a good fit for you in a situation like that. Good question, good question. As a co-founder, I would look for someone who has expertise in that space. That's number one, because I see that in other businesses. And sometimes people bring that on later. But I look for that drive of someone who has expertise in this space. And I would be flexible with them. So I would have to be completely open and honest of everything that I'm working with, all my finances, everything. And let them know, hey, if you work somewhere else, that's cool. Keep working there. I just need you for this amount of time here. But if you're excited about this and you're feeling at least a small percentage, what you wanted to be a large percentage of how I feel about this, I'll take you, but the first person is going to be someone with expertise in that field because they have knowledge in that field on all different things. So they're going to know a little bit about sales. They're going to know a little bit about what's going to be going on in tech. They're going to know a little bit about legal. They may know a little bit about the production. They're going to know a lot, should know a lot about the, the customers that we're going to have to deal with. And that's what you want. So I'm looking for the person who has the most expertise as well-rounded in that field. I'm not speaking down or diminishing anyone's role but I can get a tech team from anywhere. You know, um, a sales, good sales teams, they're, they're not hard to find. So you can find some good sales team, let some people know what your product is. You can pay some whale guys out there to go get some sharks or go pay some sharks to go out there and go get some whales. So you can get some good sales people in whatever you're dealing with. I got, we got sales guys in the pocket to make the money grow. But when you're talking about a company growing and somebody really understanding your vision, and, no, and not knowing different parts because sometimes you're having an idea and it's not in your, your, your field of expertise. First thing you want to do is hire the people who are experts because they're just a conversation with them can stop you or start you. You might have five, 10 minutes in that'll change your life on a conversation from where you want to go. So I would go for that. People I'm not looking for, people that don't have what I have. The three things that I come with, availability, transparency, and options, those are the three things that are my models that I bring to the table. Availability means I'm there any day, all day, and night. I just did work over the weekends. I'll hit you up late night. I'm on Slack, Teams, Zoom, email, text, 
phone. There's too many different ways you can contact with me, too many ways we can go. So that's my availability. I'll come with transparency. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm doing and I'll tell you exactly who I'm going through to get this. And then I want to actually bring them around so that you feel as though if I die tomorrow, you can just pick up where I left off with these guys. And, and that camaraderie will still be there from the team. Then I have options. So I bring you three, four different options of how we going to move. Hey, we got this going on. Boom. Hey, we got that going on. We got this. I just had a conversation with somebody. We were going over the app and we were talking about how we wanted to give Google results. I'm like, hold up, let's go talk to the developer because you got ChatGPT now. You might want to just implement that. I have so many different more options to come through versus just a Google search result. So what if we put it in ChatGPT? How would that look? How would it be if the developer puts that into play right now? And because I was there from the beginning, we know how that's going to go. So I would look for a person who brings those same things that I have. But if they don't have those, then, yeah, I'm probably going to be looking at them like, nah, they're not available. I don't seem too transparent about what they're doing. Uh, I don't think I'm getting too many options with them. They're just stuck in one thing. And most of the people that I deal with, all the people I deal with, really, they have that. They're available, they're transparent, they have options. Same three things I felt as though I bring to the table that you always can't get from everywhere. Um, I get that from my, my partners. Simply brilliant. So we were talking about what you would do if you got the right human capital. Now let's talk about what you would do if you got financial capital. So a million dollars. We ask this question of a lot of the people who come into the studio with us, quite frankly, because it's an imaginative question. And it also gives us insight into how your cash management, flow management, and even your heart management you know, can come across. So if you got a million dollars right now, you know, you walk out of here, somebody hands you an envelope, boom, it's got, you know, $100,000 bills or whatever that would look like for you uh, to get to a million dollars. What would you do with that money? And it doesn't have to be limited to your services or convey or anything like that. But if you do have it, nobody's telling you how to spend it. How would you use that money in your life right now? That's a good question. Even though I'm not like a, a, a tech business as having software or hardware, I'll try to relate it to the business that I do have for support because of how it's easily relatable. So for my business, I would, I'm probably not going to spend it all. I would definitely put, let's say, I could put $5,000, $10,000 just into education because for what I do, education prepares me to go further places. It's because I got a cybersecurity certification that gave me the confidence to speak with you and then gave me the confidence to go get my resume to another team and then they just work with me. So I would go and get all the certifications that I need that make me well-rounded. Those certifications help other businesses because now the business knows, hey, we got certified people that do these different types of technical things. So I could spend on that. The next thing I would do is if I have a team, I'm listening to my team. So I want to make sure that we understand what needs to be done for the business. Um, sometimes it's research and development projects. Sometimes it's sales, um, putting some money into that. So um, I think number one would be my education and just making sure I solidify it up. Because probably for myself, now that you think about it, I'll probably go straight and go get like a doctor's. Because that's what I can do I'm on that level. I just haven't done it. I, I talk to people and um, I got certifications because I knew it would it would stamp me for other people. I know when I put it on my resume, it speaks to them. A doctor, for me, a doctor would speak to so many people on so many different levels. And I think the network that would come from out of that and just the experience, I would definitely put as much as I could in my education. Because for me, I know that business is going to come. You know, I know that I don't have to invest into something that's going to bring a dollar 
immediately. But education for me has brought back dollars immediately. I've been on the block with guys and they tell me to go to school and I started businesses. I got internships. I got all these different things and I was able to make websites, sell websites. I've got so many things. So I know when I go into a school, I'm that threat. Like, all right. Oh, you do this? And I remember what it was like being in school and failing, but I remember the faces on the guys who weren't failing. And that's where I felt that. Then once somebody walked me through, when my school in Philly walked me through, when, uh, shout out to Max and Shane, those were the 17 and 18 year olds that were graduating and said, no, this is a hard drive. This is how we copy a hard drive, the hard drive, so you don't gotta pay for that. This is a memory stick. This is how you take it out. This is how you put it in. This is a CD-ROM. No, this is a DVD-ROM. This is a DVD-RW. This is different. So when they showed me that hands-on and walked me through that, that was major. So now that I know what I'm looking at, now I know what I'm talking about, I would, I would invest a lot in the education and think about it. That's a good question. I'm glad you asked me that, too. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that. That's good. That was actually a very intriguing response because that could multiply a thousandfold, really. There's, there's no limit to what you could do with that million dollars. So you mentioned the people who have had an impact on you and your thinking, uh, your philosophies, your mentality. And I think it's great because clearly it's, it's proven successful for you. Are there any like artists, whether that's visual, musical, design, even athletic, other entertainers? Is there anybody who expresses their art in any form who you really draw inspiration from in a particular way or who you think about when you think about performing at the highest level? Good question. Good question. I would say in music, too, but I'll stick with my favorite. Everybody knows my favorite artist, Guru from Gangstar. It's always been my favorite. I always grew up listening to Guru. Like, first album was hard to earn. If you just listen to the album titles, it's like a path, a trajectory of, of getting better. And if you know their history, they were always striving to do things and striving to do things, helping DJ Premier, and then they finally got it. You know, so it was a lot of failures. And um, a lot of people think they're from the East Coast. They're not. For me, I do a lot of business with people who's not in my city. So you would think... I'm in Chattanooga, I'm doing this and that. What am I doing in Chattanooga? I'm like, no, all my partnerships, everybody I deal with, they're all from other places across the country. So definitely Guru, I think first album was uh, called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it's like, when you're coming out, you gotta be hard. You gotta be serious. It's not always nice. You gotta know that you're not playing around and you're not goofballing around with things because you want people to take you seriously. And also you're taking education seriously because it's still, a, sometimes that first thing is your everything. It's your learning experience. It's your, it's the wisdom that's coming from others giving it to you. And it's also showing how you are. Teachers always respect a student who's serious. And it's very important when you get in certain places, like you, you can you can show that. And and especially coming from parents who were successful, I definitely didn't want to be a failure. So that no more Mr. Nice Guy added to get into the next album and step into the arena. So it's like, okay, no more nice. And now I'm kind of here. You know what I'm saying? So what am I gonna do when I'm here? Then the next album was hard to earn, because certain things is hard to earn. And then everything after that, they had a um, moment of truth. You know what I mean? Because you'll get to these places where it's like, hey, this is your moment of truth. Is this what you really do? Are you really successful in that? And then that was the album when they had more songs with more classic guys and getting sharper, things like that. After that, what? Greatest hits. So that's when you know you're hitting them. Like, cool, I'm hitting them heavy. And then, like, Guru always been my favorite artist. He always had knowledge of self in his lyrics. He always had great songs where he would tell you what's going on in the streets. He'd tell you what's going on in business. He would go through something in life and then put it on a song. That was my guy. So, so it's definitely Guru, Gifted Unlimited, Rhymes Universal. You know what I mean? That's my man. How coincidental. My freshman English professor was Guru's daughter or niece or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and she wow. was so 
Cole, one of my favorite professors from Howard, she pushed me the hardest. She also gave me my only B that semester, but I'll <laughs> never forget that because it propelled me to really get on my game. She, you know, you really couldn't just like play around. She was like, yo, strive to be better. Don't just pretend. And I remember seeing her on some award show because he passed while I was in college. I want to say that was 2014. No, no, 2010, 2011. And I was like, wow, she was just in class. Now she's on the stage. And that was a very impactful, like, moment for me to have her in that class and really recognize in real time how much game that she had and how you had to unlock it she wasn't just giving it away to everybody she was like yo i've seen a lot so uh, that's awesome that guru is kind of your inspiration we are we are definitely here bro that's that's super cool so now let's talk about local specifically chattanooga the chattanooga area because you came down here for philly you've been putting on for philly you were trying to hide it at morehouse you're not hiding it now you got a sense of who you are and where you came from now you're in chatting you've been here for enough time to kind of get a beat on what's going on on the ground here talk to us about the local chattanooga startup scene like what do people need to know about it because i learned about it back when i was in law school i took a class called city use of technology and they were talking about you know different initiatives that cities have where every time they were changing power lines and opening up the ground, they would throw Google Fiber there. And I believe Chattanooga was one of the first cities to have one gig citywide. But talk to us about other things that people may not know about Chattanooga and what it's like here in the tech startup ecosystem. Because much like Nashville, where I live now, there are people who are moving from all over to come here and really changing and impacting the dynamic. That's funny because I actually work with a company from out of Illinois. And they moved down here. The the owner actually just moved to North Georgia. And he goes, um, yeah, I just going to open up an office in Chattanooga. You know, people come in like twice a week, something like that. For about a year, I wasn't. I was just working from home for about a year. And they were like, look, we got to get some usage out of this office. So just come in twice a week. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so I think the startup space is good. I wouldn't say great because of all the auxiliary services that you need around a startup. You just don't want tech. You know, you want the great lawyers. You want great salespeople. You, if you need engineers, you want engineers. You want great developers if you need a development team. So um, I have heard, because I've always worked down here too for some of the good businesses, and um, I've heard some of the things that the managers actually go through when hiring good talent. You understand? Um, good talent's not everywhere. A lot of people do come to the city, but a lot of these people are already established. So I haven't always been in a startup space and things like that for whatever city that I live in. But to see programs actually go through and get funded and they want to help people out in a community level, I like things like that also. So I'm very community-driven. So my claim to fame that I really like and I hold over my head, I get my own plaque, my own trophies was, that was when I became adjunct professor and we were teaching people with that program that were in the projects. And I mean, they had every everything going. They didn't start the program because they just didn't have anybody to be the teacher. So I linked up with a brother down here who has a nonprofit and we were able to go talk to the school. And once they met they, me, they were like, hey, we got tons of ideas flowing. I'm so glad we met you. And then boom, the the, the program was able to to, to pilot. We, we moved right forward with it and they were able to move on. So I think that things like that is what my personal claim to fame was, and it's not technically a startup, but those are different ways things start up. Not everything is, to me, a startup from a VC level. Venture capitalists are angel investors, someone with an idea, they're going through the process, you go through all these different rounds of funding, or you're just driving to get funding, you're coming out with proto, with your prototype and things like that. It's not always like that to me. Sometimes it's a 
it's just a lot of money that's just sitting there and people need to move it. And they're like, we already have what we need to get done. You know, we need to teach people who's going to teach these people. And I looked at it like that, too. So knowing where the startup world was at, knowing how old managers were having problems with great tech um, teams because of the community that they have to employ. Cool. That was my thing to come in and show them the game. Like, look, this is what tech is. Go be that thorough technician better than me because the city needs it. So if you're going to be in the city, you want to be here, you know, learn this tech so that you can add on for these other companies because they need people like us. Where do you see Chattanooga going? A lot of people compare it to other cities in Tennessee or other cities that are emerging as sort of major secondary tech hubs. Do you see it that way? Like what role do you see Chattanooga playing, you know, as we progress through the decade? I see it growing. I see it growing. You have to just understand the different levels of tech. There's guys with five, 10 man teams. Uh, I've talked to cyber teams and it's three, four people, five people. And they running all around this area down here, getting good contracts and providing services. I've seen teams, uh, software companies that are in other states. And hey, just because the owner moves close by, we open up an office down here that did open up to bring different programmers um, to the area and also hire programmers in the area. So I see that as a great thing. I think it's growing very well. We have, um, they say we have the fastest internet speeds. It is a good city as far as this city and everywhere around. You like a quiet place where you just want to live, raising children in a quiet place, or you already have raised children. It's a very easy living, slower paced city. Things ain't open all night and stuff like that. And it's a very, very good place for you to just have that peace of mind that you need so you can think. And then you can just go execute your plans. So I see Chattanooga is growing a lot, especially because I've been involved in some of the programs. And that's what I needed to see. I needed to see what was going on behind the scenes of how people were making efforts above and beyond to help people out. And then it's like once a person, sometimes people are so tricked up into not getting help that when the help comes, they just fumbling and messing up the bag on it. I'm like, yo, these people are here to help y'all. Like, just go through the process. This is stuff you signed up for. So why wouldn't you just go through it with ease and with peace? So I think that Chattanooga is going to grow a lot of major ways. I've heard a lot of things from my students. Um, I mean, the fact that we're even down here now. Chattanooga is one of those cities where you get the best out of it and you can actually flourish and do a lot more depending on how you tap into it because it has that Southern comfort style to it. So when you start meeting people, it's that Southern hospitality, that Southern comfort. I think that the best thing comes for people that are actually doing something. I've seen people do well in the transportation businesses, um, warehouses, there's tons of warehouses all over the place with machine shops and all types of things. It's always tech and engineers and things like that involved in these things. We just have to know how to tap into it. So yeah, if you're on your entrepreneur side of things, I wouldn't say it's the number one place to go, but it is a great place to go, especially if you can do a, a remote situation, if you have different offices in different places, you really win with that. Before we get into what would be a tech hub, what does Chattanooga need to keep its current rate of growth or even accelerate it? Uh, I think people are coming. People are definitely coming. I would say more entertainment. I think the restaurant space could be better. Um, I haven't had any good Jamaican food in a while since I went back to Philly. So the restaurant space could be a little bit better. Another college could be better. Um, there are some universities around. Honestly, like a HBCU type situation could be better. We're two hours away from Atlanta. We're two hours away from Nash uh, Nashville. We're two hours away pretty much from Nashville. 
This is one of them times I always tell people when I get there, I'm like, well, where y'all get y'all Gucci? Like, where y'all get y'all Louis from? Where you get your Ferragamo from? Like, you don't have these stores down here. So, like, where, where your high-end stores at? So, I always tell people that, uh, you know, no Neiman Marcuses and no things like that. You're not going to go see a big Saks Fifth Avenue and stuff like that. So, I always tell people, if you're looking for that, it's not here, you know? That's super helpful. So, you mentioned Chattanooga has a lot of positive things to offer. You've done really well here. Let's say that... Asia does go off to college somewhere and you're going to go with her or for whatever reason that you decide that your time in Chattanooga has come to an end and it's time for you to explore and go elsewhere. What other tech startup hub other than Silicon Valley would you go to after you leave from Chattanooga? Probably not Atlanta. I probably don't want to live in Atlanta atmosphere. I've heard a lot of great things about Boston. I haven't heard of Atlanta as a tech hub, but I hear a lot of great things there because there's so many colleges down there. You can just get the different people you need from around. For me, that doesn't apply because I hire developers across the globe way more than I do domestically. So I'm not looking for a, a developer who's here unless my client says they need somebody who's here. I heard a lot about Boston. Actually, two clients I work with, they're out there in Boston and or they went to school in Boston. So it just lets me know that there's a different atmosphere out there that I may want to see for a couple of years and kind of navigating that space you know, you still got the Silicon Valley guys out there. They still just doing major things. I definitely would like to see what's going on out there. If not that, I definitely I would think Seattle because I hear so many things about Seattle. Like, I'm not hearing anything bad about it. I met some people from out there. They were very, very nice-spirited people, um, the, the, the type of things they were doing. So I'm on the phone just talking, and they're like, well, I'm leaving this cultural event. I'm going around this corner to this restaurant, and then I'm going to go walk home. I'm like... I like that, you know, so things like that. So I would probably say top ones is Boston and Seattle. Very nice. Well, hopefully we can talk your pops Asia into D.C. as well, because Howard might be a solid move. But that's good. So you see what your options are. One of them <laughs> for college. Just kidding. So you will continue to progress in your career, get a lot of opportunities. This question is about money again, okay. uh, but this time from a slightly different vantage. Do you want to run a billion dollar company? Why or why not? And it could be one that you have founded or it could be one that you link up with. My question is not about either of those scenarios. This is specifically about do you want to run a billion dollar company, which is a little different. <laughs> this is the yes and no question right here. Like Yes and no. But uh, overall, I would say yes, because I thought about that. And um, from listening to your other interviews on the podcast, I really and that's why I enjoy your podcast so much. And I thank you for having me coming because. Um, those questions you asked are very thorough and detailed. And also for my conversation yesterday, you asked questions, I'm, I'm pardon, two days ago, we met my daughter for the first time. Like those are the questions that um, that enable you to think. They, they, you ask the questions that make a person think. And I had to think about that. I was like, well, what is a billion dollar company? What does it look like? Who's it impacting? Where am I at? Who, are I'm, who am I working with? What are the problems? What are the solutions? And I always, um, once I thought about it, I said, yes, I, I would. I would love to run a billion-dollar company because that's also um, a nonprofit side of things and investing and helping others. There's so many different things running in a billion-dollar business. Like, you're in a billion-dollar industry, so you're making an impact on things. You're going to be happy with a lot of people. You're going to be pissing people off, so you got to see both sides of it. There's going to be people coming for you because they're going to want to know what you're doing. If you're new into a space, hey, you're the new first person that got into that space, you can go lead. If you're in a group with others, you can talk to others who do what you do. And you, you've cards a niche in your space with that. So you have some kind of some friends and some business folks around there to go partner with and get some ideas off of. Also, 
the employees that you're going to be having. So I always think of not always a billion dollars going in and out the door, but a billion dollar business to me is a billion dollars worth of problems, billions of dollars worth of employees, billion dollars worth of help that we give them, billions of dollars worth of solutions. Um, it could be a billion dollars worth of customers. You're dealing with a billion dollar industry, you're talking about being useful on local, city, state, government levels. Like these are big levels of things. You know, you, you impacting the economy in some major way. So no, I have no problem running that. Not at all. That's good to hear. We need more folks like you running billion dollar businesses. Uh, I love that, especially the rationale behind it uh, and see you continuing to, to grow your value. Speaking of value, you may have touched on this. I know you have actually throughout this conversation, uh, which is our penultimate question. We've been through a lot so far. I'm glad that you've gotten a chance to sort of tell your story, at least the uh, the beginning stages of it because it's not yet finished being written. But what's the most valuable thing that you do for your clients and your customers? If you were, you know, kind of distill that down, people come to you, like you said, it doesn't matter if they have a tech problem or they're interested in expanding their tech capabilities. You're the person to call. In your own words, what's the most valuable thing that you do for clients who pick up the phone? Uh, to call or text or email you. We did touch on that briefly. Um, those three things that I bring to the table that I realized my clients need. So that was availability, transparency, and options. A lot of times my clients come through because they're already in a confused state. And I learned from my brother Sean is over here, and um, he told me a while ago, he said, if you're confused, the first thing you want to do is stop. So I'm like, well, you, these people got multi-billion dollar business is going to get just stop, right? So they need somebody to talk to who's going to keep pushing them forward. So being available for them would be key. Being transparent with them and letting them know, hey, this doesn't sound right, you know, or this does sound right, hey, go with it. Um, being the type of person that can say, just tell me how you feel. Because a lot of times business, you don't want to make decisions off of feeling, but feelings come up. And if you're not able to express them to your colleagues or have a person who understands your business, it's like, look, that's why a lot of times with my clients, it was, no, don't pay me. Just put me on and I'll help you out. I don't want you to feel as though you're so stuck with a dollar attached to everything. And what is he charging me per hour? And this, that, and the third. When I know you already confused and stuck on something, it's not going to be a good relationship for either of us. You might make a wrong decision. You probably already feel like you're in a wrong decision. So tell me how you feel. So that availability, transparency, and options, like I said, those, those options come in major. Like me having experience all across the globe. It's different when you're getting charged by somebody almost $200 an hour. And I say, well, I can go put somebody over here. He was from Russia, but he lives in New York right now. And he's going to charge you $50 an hour. And he's got a team too. And they want to rock with you for everything you're about to build. So what you want to do is it's different. And that's not even a color thing because we can get the same color. They're just getting better prices. And these guys are young and they they nasty with it. Like I, I, I deal with guys in tech, they... I deal with them Russians, Ukrainians, and all that. They nasty with it. Like they run guys, they run circles around some of these guys around here. I've dealt with great, great brothers too. I've dealt with great brothers in the field of development too. Great teams. So that's good to hear. A lot of options. A lot of options in getting in touch with you. If you've been listening to this right now and you're like, wait a minute, all of the things that Ace is saying, I have those issues. I have those problems. I have that interest. I want to learn more. I want desire to build up my skill set. I would love to be in Ace's shoes one day. What's the best way for folks to reach out to you and get a prompt response? I'm Mr. Easily Touchable. So just email me. First name, Asa, last name, Bush. So that's A-S-A-B-U-S-H at gmail.com. So all you got to do is send me a message. I'm going to see it come straight through. I check all my messages from inbox, spam, 
and, and, and everything. So that's all you got to do is contact me. If you call me, everybody knows. If you call me and I'm on the phone, I'm texting right back. I'm texting while I'm on the phone. Hey, I'm on the call. I'm going to call you right back. If we had a meeting schedule, I hate the way my Gmail is scheduled right now because every time somebody sends me a calendar invite, it just automatically comes in like I accepted it. I'm like, now this is the one thing in tech I can't figure out. <laughs> like, how do I not get this to happen? But yeah, I'm always on all of the meetings. We had nine o'clock at night meetings the other night, so I don't have any problems with that. Um, I One of my partners, he had a, child, a problem with child support. So I done walked him through that whole process so he ain't have to pay a lot in child support. I'm like, hold up, man, you the money. You ain't getting messed up in child support. This was about to happen. Handle it this way. So he, he just texted me back on that before we was coming over here today. So, yeah, you can email me because I'm here for, I'm, I'm like a family guy in the business. I'm like that guy. A lot of people want to hire their family in business. You know what I mean? But when you start dealing with tech businesses, they need technical stuff. It's like, no, nah, I really need somebody who knows this tech and understand it. So I started to bring that to the table. Like I said, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother. So, um, and an uncle too. So I started to bring that all to the table for the business partners. Well, you continue to give generously, and I'm certainly grateful for it. And I know there are at least half a dozen other people who are, and I expect that number to grow, especially because you make quick work just now sort of breaking into this space. You've been in tech for a long time, but you came to me and I came to you in our earlier conversations to talk about how we could work together specifically in this emerging company, high growth, venture backable space, and you have not wasted any time. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm very excited to see where this goes. So thank you for hopping into the studio to spread your message further and wider so even more people can know what you're up to and all of the things that you are helping other people with. So thank you. And with that, we want to leave you with the last word for us today. Uh, Last word. I'm pretty simple, y'all. Thank you for listening to the show, listening to the story. I know a lot of people go out, go through different things in business. Definitely, if you have any problems with tech, you can always reach out to me. I have no problem with that. Like I said, uh, you probably caught on the show if you were listening the whole time. I just talk to people sometimes. I do not set up deals with them first because it's not about the money with me. I'm going to make money regardless. And my resume is nice. I'd rather you guys be in a comfortable space where you feel comfortable with your tech and how you're building your brand, your business. So um, just reach out to me if it's anything that you need. I'm always going to be available here for you as long as I'm alive. Um, I'm very excited about the different types of listeners that we have. Um, some of you guys have children that are involved or children that you need help with and guidance. I can help you all with mentorship. If you're, you know people that are striving to get into technology, things like that. It's so open and so vast out here. Like I come from working experience. I come from business experience. I come from being an educator too. So a lot of times I have to mix everything in one. So yeah, I'm a guy in business and I'm running, helping these people with biz- with the business side in tech or anything in the business that they need. Hey, I'm also working, so I have to help somebody because this is what they had me doing for work. And at the same time, let's be the educated side of things because education comes into play. We have to still educate the next level of people that are going to come take technology over and be thorough in it to help out the next round of businesses as they grow into the future. So anything that you need help on is a vast world of that. Feel free to reach out to myself. Feel free to reach out to Abraham. Abraham has been a true, true godsend in my life and for myself and for my family. So just never be afraid to reach out. Do not be afraid to reach out. I think it took me probably 41 years of my life to realize that. Like, don't be afraid to reach out. Do whatever you do that gives you the confidence to reach out. Well, thank you for those kind words. Like you said, your resume does the talking. It speaks for itself. 
although your heart and your mind certainly does the walking and glad that you have been able to share your story here. And until next time, we bid you adieu. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.